0: Hi guys, welcome to episode 10 of Simple Ken. What happened with the long gap? You'll find out. As you can see, this is not chai time. Don't get, don't get confused with the holding of the cups. Sisters, I'll be there for you. Nothing to do with the show. That's some ASMR chai drinking. This happens to be the time I drink chai and it makes me fresh. Why the huge delay, almost three weeks between episode nine and episode 10? I wish I could explain it in a very simple way, but I can't because so much has happened that I can't even start, and um, uh, good things, bad things, wonderful things, terrible things, most of which are too private to share. But what's bonding them, English wise, what's connecting all of them, is the goddamn pandemic. <laughs> I think everything I know has changed my relationships, um, concepts of freedom, long lasting decisions. I know I'm being very vague. But long story short, when I started Simple Gain, it was before a global pandemic. And I thought once a week is quite a hectic um, goal. But there was no global pandemic that time. And now with so many things, just like maintaining sanity and getting work done and also doing this has been so hard uh, just today. I was supposed to record this a week ago and I kept saying tomorrow, tomorrow, tomorrow because something came up, which was like really hard to deal with. So I'm glad I'm back. And the only reason I'm back is because the Simple Ken fans are so polite. Usually, when I don't do a video for a long time, my usual fans or audiences are like, Where's the video, bro? Where's the stand up clip? But Simple Can comments were like, We would like to know when the next episode is coming. And you guys have sent that on Instagram, on YouTube, on Twitter. It'll be great if you can give us a Simple Can episode. Many of you are very understanding. Like, I know this is a pandemic. Take your time. It'll be great because it was very soothing for me uh, to listen to you. So thank you so much for those comments. That's literally the reason I'm even doing this because I was like, is this even worth the time uh, and effort? But it is, I think, because the audience of Simple Can is a very tight-knit group, and I'm sorry that I took so long. Uh, I'm gonna try to maintain <laughs> frequency. Okay? I will try to maintain. That's the reason I've been away for so long and it's been three weeks. I will not have such a long gap again. Okay? okay? Let me have a sip of chai. Everyone keeps asking in chai time if the tea is real. It is real. It is painfully real. I make it before. I don't make it. Cuckoo club where I shoot it, they make it for me. And then I have the same cup of tea which is now reheated for an hour. So by the end of it, it's it's this warm piece of gastric juice, which I don't drink after a while. So Kiran Kumar asks four weeks ago, yeah, that's how late I am. Um, was it four weeks ago? Jesus. Hey Kenny, I always want to ask some good questions according to me, but people are way better than me questioning about life and stuff. Since Kiran is too humble. He's being too hard on himself. So how many questions do you read to select the best ones? And how much time do you take to work on your replies? These videos are gold. I've seen Simplican episode repeatedly the second time. Um, the one with Naveen, when I actually fell down, it helped me reach peace. TQ, which means thank you. That's so sweet, man. I'm glad it helped you. I uh, How ironic that the first question is about how I pick questions. So what I do is, when I release, for example, the 10th episode, you guys comment on it. And one wonderful thing has started happening: the viewers of the show started liking the questions that you yourself like. So, this question, for example, doesn't have likes, but uh, some questions have 10 likes and 15 likes. So I'm like, I'm intrigued. Like, oh, why did you guys like this question? So I I favor those questions. But Kiran's question doesn't have a like, so I also go through the thousand plus comments I get. And to be honest, it's it's um, I do this for fun. So I literally choose a question that is going to be fun. So I choose your question, Kirin. I chose this question because I thought it would be pretty meta to answer a question about questions. Um, I also choose questions that I would talk about in conversations. So this episode's questions were really good. Usually they're not that nice. And most of the times you guys are asking questions that I've already answered in other episodes. But this, I think the weight made you guys ask really cool questions. <laughs> I'm not going to justify the weight but um, that's how I choose and it's it's such a blessing that I get to do something I enjoy same way I choose questions that uh, are like wow this will be fun to talk about so thank you Kiran Sahil Dave says hi Kenny love the recordings of you talking am I being an, an ambitious or lazy if I don't have a crazy big goal in life I just want a source of income from a job and I don't I don't hate and spend my time doing things that I like. Spending time with my family, cooking, gardening, reading deep-ass books. So I've answered this question four times, Sahil, but uh, I want to dwell in this again. Having a goal, having no goal in life is, I think, a bad thing. Uh, but having a goal that doesn't match other people's goals is absolutely fine, is what I think. I had this conversation with a friend's mom. And uh, she was telling me how... I'm very close to moms, by the way. Uh, I love moms. I think mothers are wonderful to talk to. Not all of them. Just a few of them. However nice mothers are out there, I'm already probably talking to you. It's not a weird joke. I genuinely like talking to moms than dads. Um, With dads, I feel I have to agree with them. Most of the time. But with moms, I have discussions. So she was saying... That she feels unambitious because she doesn't have big goals like her husband does. But then we, were, we got into a discussion about how just because your goals are not tangible doesn't mean they are not good enough goals or unambitious. While the husband's goal was to make money, to have material things or get promoted. Her goals are more, I want to have a good family and have a good relationship. And I think that's not tangible, right? No one's reminding you like, Hey, today, good job. You have a better relationship with your child. Because there's no system in place, I think we undermine that goal. Um, but she does actually have a goal that my main goal is to make sure I'm close to my family and I'm aware of what's happening in my family and I'm close to them. That's a goal. So, Sahil, if you don't have a goal, that's a problem. So... I think you're kind of just like praising yourself by saying, I'm just simple. But uh, the point I'm trying to make is that you do need to have a goal. And I think that's how human beings function. We need something to call of our own. And that's how we get self-worth. If you don't have something of your own, you'll just have an identity crisis. And you will attach your value to other people, which is not healthy. You should have a choo to thing. Even if it's as simple as I have a collection of plants in my balcony and I'll take care of them. I know that's a lame example, but that's, you can call that your own. They exist because of you. Have something to call your own, but have a goal. It motivates your brain to do something and to get better. Otherwise, you just feel lost. You know that feeling of being lost? It's like you don't have a nice goal. Uh, Zareen Thomas. 100% Malu. Because if she isn't Zareen, I will shave a part of my body. Which is very embarrassing. But I will not reveal what part of bodies, but it will make me uncomfortable. So Zareen, please let us know in this, if you are Malayali. You talked about looking up to certain comedians. Has there ever been a point in life where someone told you they looked up to you or you were faced with the realization that you are now a role model for some people? I'm already laughing. Did that change you as a person? Or did that maybe change certain things you did or said because you knew that people were following your example? It's a great question. I find it very funny that people look up to me. I did a college show two years or three years ago. And then a a, a comic who opened for me. I don't know if you tell this to everyone. He was like, I started doing comedy because I saw your videos. (laughs) And I was like, you need to improve your standards. But it was very sweet. It didn't occur to me that I could inspire someone, especially with stand-up. To be honest, the reason I picked this question up is I, in the recent past, have found it difficult to really trust people i meet anymore because i think it's a it's a byproduct of all the wonderful attention and projects and opportunities i have you don't meet people who have the purest of intentions and i'm very naive i assume that people are telling the truth all the time and that i can trust them and that they're being nice to me because they want to be nice to me little did i know that obviously there's a lot of lot to gain from being nice to me i'm not saying i'm some big shot celebrity but I'll be stupid to say that people are extra polite to me because of who I am. And that took some time for me to realize. Um, but looking up to um, being a role model, I don't think I've, if I think like that, I'll go insane. Uh, even now when I post something, there are two or three things I think about. Uh, am I swearing in it unnecessarily? If I am, then I want to make that a gag. What I'm talking about, have I researched enough? There was a video I was going to put on Instagram, but I was not sure if the joke I was making was factually correct. It was a political joke. Because the reason I refrain now from making political jokes is not because I don't think you should not do it. I just feel like if you do it, you better be right. You better have all your facts right before you go and accuse someone. Because I wouldn't like if someone did that to me. So, um, I think as a role model, those are the two things I think about. Is is this family-friendly or it's not? If it's not family-friendly, go all out. If it's family-friendly, be aware of that and be clean. And second, what I'm saying is it, if it's political, is, if, is it factual and based on facts and not hearsay? Many times on social media, a lot of people ask me to share things that, uh, hey, this disaster has happened or um, this issue has come up. Why are you sharing it? A, I'm not a news person. Uh, b there are news channels who do this, and three, uh what if I'm wrong? What if this news is wrong? and I have aided in the misinformation spread so yeah it's 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 not it's also very convenient for people to tell me what to do. uh you might feel like an issue is needs to be heard, but you're not doing anything about it. you're just telling me to share it, and I think that's pretty lazy. Okay. Uh, If I only shared news articles, I I brought this up with Naveen. I can actually see drop-off. My stories which share charities or news articles have a drop-off. So you guys don't like seeing it. And you only asked me to share it. So it's a double-edged sword. But thank you, Zaneen, who's definitely a Malayali. Sundara Selvi says... Oh, actually, I answered this question as well. Sundara Selvi says, can you tell us how emotionally... You manage the celebrity status. Do you enjoy it or is it a burden? How has the celebrity status changed as a person? If you haven't changed, it, it would have changed the way the people, family, friends, colleagues approach you. How do you deal with it? I like your content. Thank you. My mom treats me exactly the same. I still have to go home and take the garbage out and do my bed and finish my food. My dad actually respects me more now. Um, not like he didn't respect me before, but I think he kind of treats me more like an adult. And uh, when I suggest something to him that he's very well aware of, like financial decisions or family decisions, I think he actually considers what I'm saying, which didn't happen before. My friends treat me exactly the same. I think they treat me worse. I think if I wasn't famous or had a celebrity status, they would give me more respect. Now they treat me like shit because they don't get it. Why people... Tara doesn't give a crap about uh, who I am. And it hurts me. Hurts me. Tara, I hope you're listening. Um, but yeah, going back to the Zarin's question. What has changed is I have to be a little cynical about. Why are you talking to me now? And it's very annoying. You know, people who, who I never talk to text me. And they say, hey, can you share this video? And I know they're they think it's not a big deal, but it kind of makes me feel bad because I'm like, you have never spoken to me and you haven't kept in touch and you just gone because you just won my social media and uh, that kind of, it's a small problem. All these are very tiny problems. So uh, my big answer is I don't have any major problems. It's a wonderful life. I think the other thing is everyone wants selfies and uh, it gets hard because if I say no, their face drops. And uh, yeah, other than that, it's very stupid, man, all these stupid problems. I will not name this person, but this person asks, I am recently, have recently graduated as a designer and recently joined my dad's office for work. Two things that I'm struggling with. Accepting criticism. I really get so mad when someone criticizes my work. Fair. That's fair. I have this problem about proving to everyone that I'm here because of my work and not my dad. Of course, he did get me in, but I've worked for it, and I do deserve it. I hate break it to you, but you don't. And this is a very important distinction. I also do this sometimes. Sometimes when someone says, Oh, you're a comic and you got you're overrated or whatever nonsense, and I go back to all the years of hard work and shooting and learning skills. But I can't deny that I'm privileged, okay? Uh, I could do what I did because I don't have to pay for my family. And I was not in a financial crisis if I failed. You got your job because of your dad. Normally, they have to do interviews. And to even get through the interview process, you have to come through reference. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's just how the world works. Especially in India, there are a billion people who want jobs. So they just like, I can't go through every uh, resume. I'll just go through reference. Someone called me, said, check this out. I'll check out this resume and I'll give them an interview. Just the fact that your dad knows you exist is privilege because he knows you exist. He has a company that needs a designer. Voila, you got a job. That's not how people get jobs. Um... A lot of people who don't have enough degrees get jobs and vice versa. People have overqualified and don't get jobs. So I hate to break it to you. When people are making fun of you that you got it because of your dad, they're right. You can't take criticism also. <laughs> so we have a lot of problems here. Okay. There's a difference when someone says your work sucks. That's not criticism. If they say, hey, this is not what we want. And we're paying you. And we don't want this that's not criticism. That's part of the job. Criticism is when you exhibit your work to the world and people critique it and analyze it. Um, But if someone's paying you money and they tell you that they want things to be changed or don't like it, then you just do it. It's your job. Um, So if you're a designer and someone's criticizing you, I think you're talking about your client and they're allowed to do that. Um, I mean, obviously there's stuff like being unreasonable, but uh, yeah, I have a long way to go. Sanyukta Tamhana. She sounds rich. Um, hey, Kenny, I'm an artist. Okay, you must be. Um, but Lady I'm going to this weird face. I just don't want to paint anymore. Sounds like a rich person talking. It's more like I don't enjoy it much these days. <laughs> but painting and being an artist means so much for me. But now I don't feel like it. So it's more of an identity crisis going on. Okay, this has got very complex. As you being a comedian... Ever came across this kind of situation till now? If so, what's your creative process to overcome the situation? Uh, I brought this up in another episode. Whenever you stop liking things that you usually like for a long period of time, I'm not talking about some fad you picked up, but if you liked painting for two years and suddenly you don't enjoy it anymore, it's not the painting, it's you. So maybe you're going through a bad phase. When you're unhappy, everything seems like shit. But when you're happy, everything seems great. So you realize it's not everything, it's you. So um, Sanyukta, figure out what's pulling you down and causing you not to enjoy the things you usually enjoy. The only time in my life I was not enjoying comedy was when I went for therapy. Because um, people think, assume that you go for therapy when shit goes down or something terrible happened. Nothing terrible happened to me. It's just that I have a really good life and a good quality of life. And that reduced a bit. And that bothered me. I was like, no, I have one life. I'm now going to be this age again or be in this moment again. Why Why am I not feeling the best or the or the full extent of this present moment? That's why I went for therapy. I was like, I want to figure this out. And also, I was in a very extraordinary situation. I was 25 24, 25, and suddenly I went from a comedian in Bangalore to everyone in the country knowing who I am. And people financially depending on me, as in people outside me, they were counting on me to bring in profits. I had untapped potential. Uh, I got virality, which is so rare. Uh, So it was so much. And no one, till that point, I always had a mentor. I could ask my dad, I could ask artists, comedians, actors, singers. But at that point, I had very few mentors. And I think the only person I turned to for guidance was Abhish and Kanan. Because they were going through the same thing. But again, they're also figuring it out. That's when I went for therapy because I don't like feeling helpless. I mean, more than that, I like knowing why I'm helpless. It's okay to be helpless, but I at least want to know why. I was just like, what's going on? Why do I not like comedy anymore? Why am I hating it? And despising it and being bitter about it. And that's not ideal. I know I love comedy and I love my audiences. So that's when I went for therapy. So if it's that severe, it's probably not the painting, it's, it's what you're going through. Okay, so Major K asks I noticed that I've become addicted to social media and how it's causing a negative effect on my mental health. Apps like Instagram, Snapchat make me feel more self conscious and insecure because it puts me in a constant state of comparison with people who only put their best self out there although I know about the side effects, I still can't help but go back I deleted the apps but I feel like I'm missing out because it's become a way to keep in contact with my friends with whom I generally don't get to spend so much time together I mean especially the quarantine so how do I reduce the effect social media has on me but also not sacrifice my social life you can't have both You can't have both. You can't be like, I like being drunk, but I don't like the hangovers. So how do I get drunk, but also not have the hangovers? Um, I don't think social media is so bad because everyone has access to it, but it's your choice of, of using... Again, I keep saying, don't underestimate your brain. Don't think that, oh, I'll just have all the social media and magically I'll regulate it. Uh, Oh, I'll just do everything I can without being aware of it and maybe I won't face any consequence or side effects to it. Your brain is a piece of shit. Okay? You have to control it. Give it a routine. Focus it. Channel it. Because if it, it loves to waste time, it loves to overthink... And my, my favorite quote of all time is that, if you have a tightrope, the easiest thing to do is to walk in the tightrope and fall off. The hardest thing to do is to balance. Balance feels unnatural and it takes a lot of work. Falling off is very easy. So, it is, if, it, if you don't feel it's hard, then you're not going to balance because balancing is extremely tough and it'll never get easy because that's the whole point of balancing that the weight always shifts just when you think you got the tightrope a wind blows and then you have to balance again so just because you deleted the apps now your second challenge is not to reinstall it and the third challenge is to not talk to friends who make you feel bad that you're not on social media what's it like really are you telling me you can't just call them or whatsapp them it's 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 you can't have both bro major K, I'm guessing you're a bro. It's just a problem of wanting the eating the cake and having it too. You just choose one. What I do is, I try to live a regimented life, but once in a while, even I get fed up of being so strict. I allow certain things, like I, I get up late, but then I'll make sure I work out every day. Or I like to meditate every day, but if some days I'm not feeling it, I just don't do it. But uh, you don't have to be super strict, but you don't have to be so unregimented and loose. Um, yeah, so find balance, and it's hard, and it's always going to be hard. But you won't fall off the rope. Nikita Tanija asks Hey Kenny, I love this long recording if you're talking. I'm glad that everyone gets the terms right. Guess good. Your voice is so soothing, I can listen to it for hours. Okay. Thanks. I loved your special on Prime and cannot wait for your next one. <laughs> Speaking of which, today is 23rd as of this recording. My special is coming out in 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 6 days on Netflix. It's going to be awesome. Please watch it. Since you said that a special is hard work of so many years and everything scripted and rare so many times. But when you go for touring where you're performing the same thing the same way continuously for days. Does it get a bit boring or do you begin to lose interest because of the repetitiveness of the content you're performing? How do you try to keep it fresh and interesting for yourself? Because if you don't enjoy it yourself, your audience won't enjoy. Great question. Sexy question. I think someone has asked this question. I think comedians get this question a lot. And I was writing with a writer. <laughs> of course. Not with the bear. And he also said that I've noticed, Kenny, that when you perform, you literally perform this the joke exactly the same way every time. I mean, you obviously change stuff, but how do you have the motivation to do it? And I thought about it for a week. I mean, that's a good question. Because apparently he noticed other comics who don't do it exactly as much or they do it too robotically. I somehow organically recreate the joke every time. And then I realized I learned this from music. Um, Music forces you to get used to repetitiveness and long bouts of boringness. I don't even know if any of these words are in English, but if you have to learn a scale or a tune on the guitar or any any instrument, you have to play it over and over and over again after a point where it's not about entertaining yourself or having fun. It's about getting the note right. That discipline carried over to stand up. So I completely understand that I won't use the word perfection because that's very hipster, but getting something right means a long phase of boredom, a long phase of repetitiveness, which is painful, but you can't reach that point if you haven't gone through that painful. So that's why I think everyone should learn how to play an instrument because it's such a valuable lesson in life that you will start doing something. It's not enjoyable. It's repetitive. It's painful, but you're getting slightly better. And you keep doing that, keep doing that. And you remove your pleasure and entertainment out of it. And you only focus on the end goal. And then you reach the point where you can play that song perfectly. And weirdly, you find a new sense of enjoyment. Not from the novelty of the song, but from the fact that you can play it now. So, great question. The VSV asks, Hey Kenny, I'm Vedant. Thank you for clarifying that. I make YouTube videos as well, vlogs, and you might already know when we try to do something new or different, there are always these people who put really hateful comments, though I delete them because I can't tolerate it. But there are times when I feel depressed because of what these people say and somewhere I feel it affects my productivity and energy overall. I try my best to hide it on camera but then again someone posts some messed up shit and I feel horrible. Is this normal? I just can't ignore these things sometimes. What do you use on this? Any suggestions? I have a very clear view about this and a lot of content creators don't agree with me. Anyone who writes negative, uh, hateful things on your video is a piece of shit. And if you're listening and if I ever posted something mean and horrible and just to hurt them, you will go to hell or probably like a car will hit you and you don't die completely. And they reverse again, still don't die completely. And then the car stops and your family comes to see you and that's when you die. Yeah, that's how much hate you deserve because I don't understand the motivation. When someone's putting themselves out there, you taking time out to write shit about them. So uh, Vedant, please block them, delete them if you want. What I do is I reply with the same nastiness back to them and they get horrified. How can you talk to me like this? I'm like, yeah. This is how it feels. This is how you treat other people. And I don't agree with treating them with kindness. Just blog them, report them, give them a piece of your mind, write a long email to them, abusing their entire family. Do it. They don't deserve any sympathy. I've been doing this for nine years. It never gets better. They don't understand. Some people apparently do it for attention. They think that if they post a negative comment, that you will reply. Such people are worse. That story I told, you know, where the family comes and they die... In that story, these people, their family comes family like by a car. It's wonderful. So, just Vedant, there are a lot of horrible people in the world. Block them, they don't deserve your time. I saw Chris Delia podcast, where he was horrified, like back in the day, if you admire an artist and you had direct connect with them, like Twitter was not there. Won't you take the opportunity to tell them how much you like them? But instead, what people do now is that they go out of the way to connect to a hero or someone who's a role model or brings them joy and insult them. And they're hoping they read it. Like what a horrible thing to do. And it's so messed up. Instead of utilizing Twitter or Instagram or comments to connect with a hero or a, a, a public figure or a content creator that makes you happy. Instead of like enjoying that connect or that reach, you're abusing it. It makes no sense. So Vedam, just block it. Don't even think twice. Uh, Jollification says, <laughs> Hi Kenny, I've never asked a question uh, because I'm afraid you'll roast me or something. You're right. Jollification is your name. Um, Jollification. But who cares anymore? The world is dying. Wow. <laughs> LOL anyone a lighter note. You can't just lol your way out of that. Uh, my question is: whenever you've been in a relationship with someone, hmm, has it been hard for them to cope with the insecurities they might feel due to the line of due to your line of career? As in your female fan base can be intense. <laughs> this has 10 likes, this question. So has it ever become a problem in a relationship? It's a great fun question that dwells into my personal life. I think, let this be the last question. Let's go into my private life. Ironically, I don't get attracted to women who are insecure. And I don't mean women, I think men can also get insecure. The irony is that I am actually more insecure. Yeah, I think I I will not date someone who just likes me because of where I'm at. I would date someone who likes me for who I am. So they are already liking me for the right reasons. And I like them because I like them. Uh, And it's very bizarre, but all the women I've dated have never been insecure. They've actually been very stable. I think all the conflicts have always been interpersonal and not the outside world. And I'm going to give myself credit. I don't make the people I'm dating jealous because that's a horrible thing to do. Because my logic is that women get so much attention. Chris Rock... I uh, had a very famous answer. In an interview, a lady asked him, the, the reporter asked him, How do you, how does it feel to be a celebrity? He's like, It's like being a hot woman. A hot woman enters the room, everyone's giving her attention, she's giving a lot of opportunities, everyone's polite to her. Uh, that's how it is to be a celebrity as a male. So women get so much attention, and men are throwing themselves at them, and they still have the self-respect to respect their partner and not make them feel jealous. So why would I do that? And so I've always believed in that because, dude, I get very jealous. If my girlfriend made me jealous, that would break my heart. So I would never do that to her. Um, So I've been very lucky that way, that the people I've dated have not been upset or insecure with my fan base. Majority of the times, women are very respectful. Most female fans, most, not all of them, are very respectful and they're mostly sweet. They're not creepy. Uh, Male fans get creepy. Not with me. I've seen it with female artists. So, I didn't have to worry about it. Few, there are also exceptions about some women who are creepy. Uh, There was a comic, I won't name him. He got married and all his female fans trolled his wife on social media. Which was not cool. And I think that's terrible. That's not happened to me yet. Because I will never reveal you, my wife. Yes, I have a wife and three kids. And they are also married. (laughs) Who are they? You'll never know. Um, Then that's the reason because I I don't want them to bear the brunt of uh, this talking and all of that. But I've been very lucky. I've only dated people who could handle all of this. And also make it easier for them. Yeah, on that note, I think we come to the end of this episode. Episode 10 is a beautiful number. And uh, sorry again for the delay. You guys can hear this uh, long recording of me talking on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, any platform you like. Or you can watch it here on YouTube. And please ask me your questions. I was very impressed with this uh, week's last three, okay, four weeks ago. The questions they asked me were great. Please ask me questions that I've not answered before. And uh, I tend to go for questions that are very detailed. I think that gives me a more clear idea of what you're trying to ask. And uh, also specify you want to be anonymous because I might make fun of you. So, thank you so much, guys. I hope you uh, are uh, not going insane. Oh, by the way, my special is coming out. I just want to let you know that. Okay, my special is coming out in six days. 29th Sunday, Netflix. Watch it. I have a lot of surprises for you. I've been creating a lot of content. On the side, to support the thing, the special—it's going to be awesome. Very excited. It's a good time. It's a good time. Things are looking up. Please make it trend, guys. Okay, that's shameless. That's shameless. I should ask you to try, make it trend. But if you do, that's great. Bye, bye, Tata. It's time for simple.